What's up, my fellow millennials? It's your boy Alvin, back at it again with another episode of Blunt Talk. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's feeling good. You already know it's October, Halloween, right around the corner. So anyway, guys, let's just delve right into it, all right? This week, I want to talk about the topic of anxiety. Now, I know that might seem like a hefty topic, but I thought it was important, man, because it's something that I feel that our generation is prone to. You know, us millennials, we're more, we're, it's, it's, it's been proven that we're more prone to, to deal with anxiety than any other generation in the past. And, you know, this can be attributed to, you know, a plethora of different um, things, but we're going to deal more with anxiety on hand and learn a little bit more about the different forms of anxiety so that we can be able to understand what category we might fall under and so that we can tackle it. Because the best way to tackle anxiety, guys, is to literally face it head on. So before we delve into the topic, guys, let's talk about what anxiety actually is, all right? So anxiety is basically the nervous system's natural reaction to a perceived danger. And there are different forms of anxiety if you guys were not aware of that. So I'm gonna just run down, I'm gonna just run down the list of different forms, all right? And you can see which one your crazy ass falls under. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm literally just joking. All right, anyway, types of anxiety. Generalized anxiety disorder, which is a difficulty managing an array of different worries. So this is basically what most people would experience. And let, let me just make one thing clear also, guys, that anxiety is a it's a it's natural. Okay, anxiety, it's it's a it's a nuisance when it's overwhelming, when it becomes when we when we marinate in the feeling and allow it to become bigger than what it actually is. So anxiety is not a negative thing per se. It's when it becomes overwhelming. It's when we when we marinate in those issues and in those things that we're that we're concerned about that that makes anxiety an issue. Okay. So, all right. Second type guys, phobias. So like myself, I'm afraid of heights. So that's considered a form of anxiety. So now I got two things to worry about generalized and phobias. I'm done. <laughs> so any phobia, any irrational fear at a, at a perceived danger is considered a phobia. And that falls under the top, under the umbrella of anxiety. Now we have social anxiety, which is what a lot of people suffer from. You ever seen them people that they are like chatterboxes, they're so outgoing and they're so overt over social media. You meet them in person and it's like talking to a brick wall or they're all anxious or their palms are sweaty. Or maybe you're the person whose palms are sweaty and who's anxious and you're the one who's overt on, on social media. Whatever end of the spectrum you fall on. Social anxiety is something that we all deal with. I deal with it all the time. I'm an introvert. I really don't like talking, which is ironic because I host this show. <laughs> so another form of anxiety, guys, is separation anxiety. So we see this a lot with animals. We see this a lot with children. And we see this a lot with um, clingy boyfriends and girlfriends. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. The fifth form of anxiety is selective mutism. Now, this is a this is something that's unique to children. So if you guys I and, and I don't know too much about it, so I'll give an example of what it is. But if you guys want to do a little more research, um, you can look at adolescent development and behavior because those are usually the, the fields of study that deal with this particular form of anxiety. So it's basically like when a kid can speak in certain situations, but in certain other settings, he can't perform or speak or converse as comfortably as he would in another. 
And the last form of anxiety is a panic disorder. Now, this is the extreme case that I was talking to you guys about. Now, I know a lot of people personally who suffer from panic disorders, and it can be a very hard thing to deal with. It's when you're having a, a physiological response to a negative thought or a perceived danger. And now, guys, 18% of Americans suffer from anxiety. That is 14% of our population. So it's definitely an issue that we need to tackle. And it's something that I think is going to help us grow. And it's something that I think is going to help us maintain our peace, our happiness, and our sanity. So I was reading an article. And the article was about a young man. And he was describing his experience with his father. And how his father um, was dealing with anxiety, but the problem, but the, the difference at this moment was that this man was dealing with like some real serious anxiety. Like I mean, he was having, he was shaking. He would have episodes where like he would go into like this intense panic, and they would be like in public or something like that. And the kid would describe how he would always get embarrassed, and he would even get into like arguments with his family members because you know they were divided. Some of them would be like. Yo, Pop is just bugging, you know, he's just doing this for attention. And then the other end would express some real genuine concern and wanted to get down to the bottom of why this man was acting like this. So to give a little context, the father had just recently lost his wife, recently lost his job, and he was going through a lot. So every time that somebody would mention his ex-wife, he would go, he would, he would have these episodes. And, you know, it brought me to a situation where I started to reevaluate myself because I was like, damn, bro, like, I remember a point in my life where I knew somebody who went through the exact same episodes and I reacted just how this man was acting, you know, and I didn't have any empathy. The person that I'm referring to, they was in the hospital like at least two times a week dealing with this issue. And I would do the same thing amongst my, my, amongst my peers and say, yo, like, such and such is bugging and laugh about it like it was a real like like it wasn't a real issue and i think that's the first layer of this anxiety onion that we're gonna have to peel you know what i mean like the fact that a lot of people see it and like they perceive it as a joke or as somebody seeking attention you know what i mean and more so people that 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 are vulnerable or people who don't deal with their emotions very 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 wisely or very easily and the funny thing is that those are actually the people that are subjected to to intense anxiety disorders you know but i think that the first layer of this onion man is just that we got to be a little bit more empathetic about these episodes you know what i mean and another thing that's very important also is that you know a lot of times people i've seen people literally go through panic disorders like literally like start like shaking and they can't breathe and stuff and i and i can identify it because i'm like yo bro like i've literally seen the same episode and somebody else who's been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder i mean literally diagnosed not like webmd diagnosed like you got prescription pills rattling in your purse type of type of anxiety you know what i mean and i don't mean to be facetious because obviously this is a real issue but you know we have to be more empathetic about it because a lot of the times People, in my opinion, at least, man, people, people with anxiety, they need support. You know, they need somebody to just put life in the right perspective for them. And more often than not, it's irrational. You know what I mean? Like the fear is irrational. So it's like you can't really you can't really sit there and blame somebody for for what they're thinking, for what they're feeling. You know, you can't take the offensive when this person is literally trying to 
defend themselves from their own thoughts, from their own emotions. You know what I mean? Honestly, we just got to understand that the mind is a powerful tool. You know what I mean? The Bible says it itself. I don't know if y'all religious or not, but I believe in a higher power. And that higher power, in my opinion, wrote the Bible. So I'm going to quote her. The Bible says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And the way that I perceive that scripture is that your brain, what goes on in your mind is your reality. That's why it's very important to protect the thoughts that go into your mind and, and, and think of your mind like the pearly gates almost. I know I'm about to kill y'all with all these religion, with all these <laughs> religious analogies, but your mind is like the pearly gates. You know, sinners don't get through the pearly gates. Only people that are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You know what I mean? So in the same way, you take that analogy, your mind is precious. You feel me? Don't allow every single thought that comes into your head to stay there because once something gets into your mind and you accept the thought, it goes into your heart. And then when it goes into your heart, it, it gives it, you give it the power to create emotions, to dictate, to maneuver how you feel. And then that's when the issue starts, you know what I mean? So the first point I just wanted to get across was that we got to be a little more empathetic and that opens the door for us to understand what it is that we're dealing with, not only in the sense of when we're dealing with it ourselves, but also when we have others, when our peers, our loved ones, our mothers, our fathers, our girlfriends and boyfriends are dealing with it, we can deal with it the way that we should and in a way that is going to be effective and in a way that's going to really get down to the bottom of the issue. So I wanted to leave you guys with a few practical tips that I've cultivated from my own research and from my own personal experience with anxiety. So I've come up with 10 practical tips that you guys can apply right now at home without any health insurance, without any doctors. So number one, meditation. So this can come in the form, whether you're religious or not, people meditate different ways. Some people choose to pray as meditation. Some people choose to clear their minds and channel their energy into themselves. Whatever it is that you find, whatever it is that you define as meditation, that is a great way to beat anxiety and to lower those feelings and those feelings of feeling pressured or the feeling of feeling like you know, um, anxious and, and, and like life is going at a hundred miles an hour. This is a great way to kind of like slow down time and kind of recollect your thoughts. Number two, that I, something I alluded to earlier in the Q and a portion of the episode was exercise. This is a great way to relieve unnecessary stress. A lot of the times I, I go to the gym, not wanting to, and I've never regretted going to the gym. Never. I've never had a situation where I could really say, I didn't want to go to the gym. I went to the gym and it sucked. <laughs> Number three, writing. I have a good friend of mine who always spoke about writing as um, a way for her to channel her inner feelings and to channel what she was really what she was really thinking that she couldn't express to others. And that's how we feel a lot of the times with anxiety. We feel like it's um, it's it's unjustified or it's unnecessary, or it's a little over the top, so other people can't empathize with us. So we keep it to ourselves. So writing is a great way for us to kind of let out those feelings that we feel like we can't speak or convey or verbalize to others. Number four, relaxation exercises. So this can come in the form of yoga. This can also come in the form of stretches. Any exercise that you can find, you guys can search YouTube, relaxation exercises. They have great relaxation music as well. I recommend Zen Garden. Type in Zen Garden, Z-E-N, Garden. They're great for relaxation exercises and also for meditation. 
Number five is aromatherapy. So lavender candles, um, chamomile candles. I think I forgot the name of it. I think it was um, Barnyard or Yankee Doodle, something. One of them companies that sell candles. Um, they help me realize how important the, the sense of smell is because smell scent has a way of creating a lot of nostalgia, a lot of emotions in our mind, and it takes us to very you know serene it can take us to a very serene place so you can find a great candle combine that with meditation relaxation exercise and you'll be good to go number six time management strategies this is something that i had mentioned earlier um in the episode as well and i was talking about it because when i felt anxious i would write down what it is that i needed to get done and what i felt anxious about what task i felt anxious about and it helps you sort of map blueprint everything out so that you can quantify how much you're getting done so you can kind of quantify how far you are from achieving your goal and it it declutters your mind number seven is cannabidiol oil aka cbd well this is a chemical found in marijuana um it's not thc it's not the psychoactive um ingredient which is the illegal part so CBD oil, you can find it in a lot of um, smoke shops and other um, herbal suppliers. <laughs> um, it's really good at decreasing anxiety. Um, it's really good for pain and it's really good for depression. So I would recommend that to you guys. You guys can search it up online and you can also find it at your local smoke shop. Um, number t- number nine is teas, which I meant- mentioned earlier in the episode. I would recommend Yogi as a brand of tea that has stress relief and um calming teas and things of that nature and number 10 is time with animals this was a really weird one but the reason why i included it was because i've seen the look on people's faces when they see a puppy and my god nothing else can create the joy that sometimes a mere puppy can (laughs) so for those of you out there that like animals you know you can Spend some more time with animals to help decrease anxiety. And also, I know for some of y'all children increase the anxiety, but you can substitute your animals with children. <laughs> I'm not trying to be an ass. <laughs> but you know, for me, my son, he he helps me calm down a lot of times too. So guys, those are number those are ten tips to beat anxiety. Very practical, very easy. You guys can look them up right now and you can use them to help you. And I hope that these suggestions help you guys defeat the anxiety battle that you guys are having all right everybody welcome to the q a portion of blunt talk everybody i just want to encourage you guys to submit your requests submit your questions to blunttalk12 at gmail.com that is blunttalk12 at gmail.com we have a question here from Jessica from the Bronx. So Jessica is asking Blunt Talk, how do you personally deal with anxiety? Well, that's a good question. Um, I'm actually, I, I've, I've actually been trying to find methods for a long time. I've been trying to find healthy ways to cope with it. You know, most people's reaction and what most people do to cope with anxiety or any of their issues is just to ignore it. Some people like to take naps. Some people like to go out drinking smoking whatever the case may be and that used to be my go-to move personally <laughs> but um I'm I've been trying to take a more um resourceful route um what I've been doing actually is that I've been drinking a lot of herbal teas um I'd recommend things like chamomile or green tea 
or there's a lot of there's this there's this brand called Yogi. If you guys look that up, they sell um tea essentially, and they sell a lot of different ones like stress relief and for different types of issues that you may be having. And that seems to help me. And one thing also that I noticed, guys, is that caffeine is not good for you when you have high anxiety. That's one thing that I've learned because, um. I knew somebody who dealt with it, and they always drank decaffeinated coffee, and I was like, yo, bro, like, why are you drinking that? Like, that's disgusting. You might as well just drink regular coffee. It has caffeine anyway, but it has a lower caffeine content, so it still contains, decaffeinated coffee still contains caffeine, but it's not good for you, so what I, if you have anxiety, so what I've been doing lately is that I've been trying to drink tea whenever I felt anxious. Um, another thing that I've been doing also is exercising. Oh my God, I'm telling you guys, y'all, now y'all can kill two birds with one stone. You can get your workout in that you've been saying you was gonna get done tomorrow for the past three years worth of tomorrow <laughs> so i exercise i drink herbal teas and um i i do what's making me anxious so if i'm feeling anxious i try to identify it and i'm like all right cool i'm feeling anxious because x y and z so what i try to do is that i try to create a plan and i try to execute x y and z so that i can feel like i'm working towards something because most of my anxiety stems from like not feeling like I'm getting things done or not feeling like I'm getting ahead. All right, guys. So let's go to the next question. The next question is from Danny from Brooklyn. It says, what do you use to cope with your anxiety? Um, I don't know, man, Danny. Honestly, I wouldn't call it coping, honestly, because, you know, coping, it kind of it kind of connotes, you know, avoidance. So, um. What I do is, me personally, when it comes to my anxiety, I try to identify it and I try to be real with myself. That's the number one thing, guys, is that we have to... The point of this podcast, actually, is so that we can identify the root causes of this issue and so that we can put our finger on it. Because anxiety is one of those things that, like, it's... it's You don't know that you have it, but when you do, it's easier to cope with. And I know that's easier said than done for most people because there's different degrees. But for someone like myself who deals with it like on a very medium to minor level, um, it's easy. It's it's fairly easy to cope with, especially when you know what you're dealing with. So, for example, if you know that you have, um, you know, generalized anxiety disorder where you just kind of like keep things in your mind and you feel uncertain about the future, you know, you can start writing things down like, all right, X, Y and Z, this is what I need to get done to kind of like declutter your mind. You know, also try to keep, um, there's something I learned about in, in, a, in a course that I took in college. It was called Creative Studies, and they were talking about something called internal and external presses. So an internal and external press is just basically like the influences around you. Internal being obviously what's inside you, your mind, your thoughts. External being your setting. So what you have to do, what you should do, and what I encourage is that pay attention to your internal and external presses. You know, be cautious of what is going on inside of your mind, inside of your body, which is something I alluded to earlier in the podcast. And also be aware of your external presses, which is basically the people around you, which is basically the setting, which is basically the environment that you're in. Alright guys, so those are the answers for Blunt Talks Q&A today. I want to encourage everybody, again, submit your requests, submit your questions to blunttalk12 at gmail.com. And we will be picking random questions and we will be answering them on our next broadcast. Um, And also check out Blunt Talks newsletters, which will have the email address and will have all relevant information to each and every episode that you guys are viewing, well, listening to. (laughs) Alright.